Hi, I'm Hannah, team manager with the Orange Arrow Players Association, a nonprofit organization whose mission is to coach student athletes to aim for success off the field. Please consider making a play by giving, posting a friend raiser, subscribing to our podcast and YouTube channel, and staying connected on social media at Orange Arrow PA. Visit orangearrow.org for more information. Thank you for listening. Take aim. You are now inside the play call with Orange Arrow. Orange Arrow Players Association exists to coach male and female student athletes to aim for success off the field, off the court, out of the pool, wherever the playing arena may be. So stay connected. Our website, orangearrow.org. All social media platforms, Orange Arrow PA. I'm your host, founder of Orange Arrow, Sean Robinson. I take, you take, we take, aim. Take an aim at success together. Enjoy the episode. Today, we're recording from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania again, home of Woody High High School football. Speaking of Woody High High School football, Got a Woody High legend, pit legend, my guy, my friend, Mr. Luke Soccer Polite on the podcast today. But first, who you with? Lou, Lou Soccer. What's up, boss? How are you? Man, I'm blessed, man. I'm doing well. I'm doing awesome. well. Can't complain. I'm glad to have you on the podcast. I've been looking forward to this for a while. Our schedule's finally aligned. More so, you made time for us. <laughs> I always make time for you guys, man. It's family right here. And so when I was thinking about... How are we going to start this podcast off? There's only one way we can do it. I ain't going to talk about it. I'm going to be about it. Let's, 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 let's go. There it is. But you know about it. Man, you know what I know about it. That, that's our thing. That goes way back, man. That's our pit days. So that's our groove. That's our groove, man. That is crazy. How did that song become our groove? Do you remember? I don't really remember how it started. I just I just know, man, when it just kind of happened organically. We just kept it going for shoot, almost 20 years now. Yeah, I believe that song came out in, I think, 2002. Uh, actually, August of 2002 which would have been my senior year, so probably right around camp, towards the end of camp, uh, your junior year, and uh, while at Pitt, and that's our joint. And so we could get on a call tomorrow, and I say, this is for my number one, and and that's what it is, and that's what it is, that's what it is. Lou. What's up, man? You from Pittsburgh. I'm from Pittsburgh, man. Brad Art, to be specific. You know, Woody High, all day, Woodland Hills High School. Um, rich tradition there, a lot of guys. Shantae Spencer, Steve Breslin, uh, a, lot, a lot of guys, man, that play ball. We're blessed to play in the NFL. And um, it's just Western Pennsylvania, that the culture, man. We just, we just love it. We love ball. We love people. And we just love to work hard. It's a very blue-collar mentality. Let's take it back a little bit. So... Growing up, did you play any other sports besides football? So growing up, my first sport 
was baseball. I played third base, the, the hot corner, man. You that know? was my had, first one as well. I had a nice little glove there. My my batting was uh, suspect sometimes, <laughs> but I had a nice little glove. But um, my dad was big into me trying everything to make sure that I you know, didn't lift, leave any stone unturned. So I did baseball, uh, one year of basketball, some, some wrestling, uh, track and field. I tried, I tried it all. I can see you wrestling. Yeah, oh, wrestling was my, was my joint, but my mom made me quit, man. Why she, is that? I was losing too much weight. Oh. I was I was falling asleep at the table doing my homework and my clothes weren't fitting right and she was what, like, "So you had to know. cut weight? You I didn't? Was, you I didn't. was cutting weight. I, I mean, so so the first strike was I was losing too much weight and she was like, "You know what? If you keep it up, I'm gonna pull you." So then the compromise was for me to wrestle whatever I weighed that week was to enter, uh, you know, that and, weight class and challenge that weight class. Oh, okay. But there were some times where. I might not have been, you know, heavy enough, so I was like, it's easier and probably better, a, a better competitive edge to just cut two pounds or whatever for that week and go down a weight class. So, long story short, she caught me downstairs one time with my face in my books, fell asleep, just exhausted, and she said, enough's enough. You need to pick one or the other, so I, I chose football. Wise decision. Wise decision. Wise decision. So, was this middle school age? When was this? Middle school and all the way to high school. So, I stopped after ninth grade. Oh, did you? Mm-hmm. Okay. I didn't know you actually wrestled to ninth grade. Yeah, man. I you remember wrestling. some of the moves? I, hey, they come. It's like second nature, man. <laughs> Somebody put their hands on me, I, I can put them in something real quick. Gotcha. Like a pretzel. How about that? Like a pretzel, huh? <laughs> I could dig it. So, high school was all football then? High school was all football and, and track and field, too. Okay. Yeah. I needed to do something in the spring just to... You know, keep my work on my speed and and just you know, I try to find things that can help me counterbalance my main sport, which was football. And I had a dream of uh, playing, you know, at the college level and and eventually the pros. So that was always that's most kids' dream. And I and I, I just had to find a way to give myself any opportunity to to make myself better to increase those chances. So that's that's where that came from. So we know you as a, a running back, uh, particularly uh, as a fullback. Yep. But did you play defense in high school? Play linebacker. So, so did let, you? Me, let me let me let me give you a little backstory on on Lou the fullback. Lou the fullback has only got two offers at fullback. The rest of my offers were to play linebacker. Middle, middle. outside, okay. Like really middle and in, in the way weak side because I was, had some speed. But my issue was I felt like I was just short, being you know below six feet. I was just more concerned about being able to perform at that next level. So. And I like playing offense. I like the ball, you know, getting the ball sometimes, but I just enjoyed that fullback position. So, I mean, I played fullback since I was nine years old. So, a little fun fact there. A little fun fact. A little fun fact. (laughs) People know that, hey, I played fullback. How about that? Yeah. So, you, um, what? So, you're used to not getting the ball is what you're telling me. I'm used to not getting the ball (laughs) unless, you know, they need need a yard. Right. They need to make it happen. Ooh. Virginia Tech. How about that? Talk to November, us. November 8th, 2003. So what happened? So what happened was, man, early in the game, I had a fumble. And uh, it was this quick draw play off to the right. And, uh, you know, turnovers are a, no, a big no-no. And I just thought, if I ever get a chance in this game to make it right for my team, I got to get it done. Luckily, Coach Harris gave me another opportunity on the goal line. Uh, it was fourth down. And it's called gave me a quick dive play. I got hit in the backfield, but I refused to go down until I crossed that goal line. So that's my that's my pit uh, claim to fame. My my probably my biggest moment as a player. Very nice, Ooh. <laughs> I'm fast. I, I'm jumping ahead, but how does that feel when you hear the crowd yelling your name? 
it's surreal, man. I mean, I, I I'm really not a guy to, to look for the attention, but just to feel that that love that the fans had, that I think that you can't replace that. You can't you can't ask for anything better. It's, it was genuine. It was organic. It was something that I didn't start. It was just it just happened and and it felt right and it just felt good. So anytime, even still, I might walk around and go to a pit game and they see guys like they see me. They not sure if it's me or not, but then once they recognize it, they they do the loo chant. And this is pretty cool, man. It's a good time in my in my career. And so uh, one time that they yelled Lou, I was actually there, obviously when we played. But not sure if you remember this. We went to a basketball game, a pit basketball game. I don't remember the year. We'll call it maybe five years ago. But it may be even not that long ago. It may be it was actually, right after right? the Super Bowl. It was yeah. 2011. 2011, yeah, because you were with who at the time? The, the Patriots. Patriots, yep. And so, you know, you all, Super Bowl, and they was welcoming two former pit athletes back to the game. They, I don't know who had his idea, but they decided to announce you first before they <laughs> announced me. And so, you know, what is it? AFC champion, da-da-da-da-da, Super Bowl, blah, 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 blah. Lou Soccer Polite, welcome back. Lou. And then it was like, also, right? <laughs> the slow clap. It was like, <laughs> Sean Robinson, former DB. Da, da, da. Oh, okay. But hey. I, um, Insight.com uh, MVP. Yeah, Return hey. to the house. Well, they should have shown that clip you know during I mean? that time because people, people did not know. Warren G, stand up. Warren Speaking G. of Warren G, we would be Woody High. During that time, you graduated high school in 99. Yes. Graduated in 98. Any of those two years, W for Warren G. Just letting you know. We can't live in the past, man. You know? Let's talk about right now. Let's let's talk to our prospective high school coaches and set up a scrimmage in August of one of these next couple of years. And let's see what happens. Can we do that? We can do that. You ain't saying about a word. All right. Let's, we'll, we'll work on that. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to work on that. We'll get back to you. Warren G. Yes, with the W. <laughs> and so since we talking about uh, not going to the past, I'm going to take us back to the past. And so you know where I'm going. We're going to freshman year for you. My second year there at camp at Pitt. There's a little, little fullback coming around the corner, little number 32, and mop. I put you on your back. No, no. I ladies, put you on your back. Ladies and gentlemen, if you believe that <laughs> – I'm gonna have to uh, just pull y'all, y'all sports fan card away from you because there's no way that a little, little old DB from Warren G. Harden is gonna just put me on my back. Look, it was it was your freshman year though. What you you were probably like 205 then. You were little. You, <sighs> you were like the size of a tailback at the time. And so, so how big were you then? You so we the same size? No, I was probably I was probably like 175. But I played college. I was at college. It was my second year there. I felt more comfortable. You were nervous. We were in Johnstown, PA, in the middle of nowhere. And I decided to welcome you to college football. Force equals mass times acceleration. I am a lot more massive than you are. So, do the physics, bro. All right. Well, forever, forever. That's that's my let's version get, of the let's, story. let's talk to Bogue or Chad Bogues and get the tape. Get the tape, man. Okay. Get the tape. All right. So, it seems like it's a theme of just setting stuff up, huh? Set it up, Yeah, we, we set the game up, and Force now we're going to go ahead and set up the uh, the tape and and. and Finally, get the uh, the true answer to the story. Wait, I've been waiting. I've been waiting. <laughs> and so let's let's go back. Way high. Uh, did you wear thirty two? What did you wear in high school? I wore thirty three in high school. You did. I wore thirty two in midget ball. But then when I got to high school, uh, Coach Novak 
didn't think I was big enough to fit the, the 32 jersey. So he made me and the guy that wanted 33 switch. Crazy, right? Because I guess the way they ordered the sizes, he just thought it was too big for me. So he said, you know what? You'll wear 33 and then you'll wear 32. And so 32, does it have a meaning to you? No, I just I just thought it was a cool number. Not my first number when I started playing was 55 because I was a big Junior Seau fan. And I played linebacker and I just thought it was cool. Definitely RIP. Um, I'll tell you a story about that later uh, in, the, in the show. But um, once I started, when I moved the fullback, I said, I need a, a fullback, like a number, like a, like a nice running back number. So I just was watching NFL on Sunday, and I was like, I see a couple different guys. I said, let me get 32. So, How about that? Yeah. How about that? And so leaving Woody High, how was the recruiting process? We know you went to Pitt, but what other schools were uh, possibilities for you? So uh, I made my I made my decision really quickly. Uh, I took a visit to Notre Dame and I took a visit to Ohio University. Um, the, the the recruiting process just got insane, and I kind of got tired of it. Just the phone calls and and I was just ready to to make my decision. And to be honest, you know, Pitt was one of my my last choices because I, in my mind, as a young kid, I thought I wanted to go away from home and just be away and do the whole college experience on my own. But shoot, you know, do some visits and talk, start talking to some of the upperclassmen. You realize it's not so bad to be, you know, down the street, you know, from from home and being able to have that access. Um, and funny enough, even though I stayed home for school, I never, I didn't go home that much. So it worked out. It wasn't like I was there every weekend, mom doing my laundry. You know, I was, you know, I was down in Oakland with my with my guys. You know, this is for my number one. See, 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 I wasn't ready for that. So, I mean, that brotherhood, I mean, I, I had all everything I needed. So, I was right down in Oakland and enjoying that experience. But, yeah, man, I, I chose Pitt, and, and I loved the decision I made. It was the best decision for me. Now, was it added pressure playing home? No, not at all, man. I, 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 uh, it really, I was really blessed. I can't lie, man. I was, I was able to red shirt, get a year under my belt, getting bigger and stronger so that uh, so you wouldn't knock me down. Right. Yeah, yeah, it center. only happened once. I, I will admit to that. Once. It only happened once. Um, but but having that year and then being able to start, you know, the situation worked out. I was able to start for four years, so I didn't feel pressure. I just enjoyed my time, and I was able to, a few years, you know, after to have some more Wooden Hills guys come join the team. Like I said, Shantae Spencer, uh, William Tutu Ferguson, Tyree Young. I mean, we had some guys, so it, it felt it felt great. And just having the community, the same people that watched you growing up, were able to come down to to Heinz Field and then watch us and cheer us on. I didn't feel pressure. I felt love, and I felt that was exciting to me. So it was it was a great time. So how was the the student part of being a student athlete at Pitt? How was that for you? What was your major? I was a psychology major. Um, it was it was it was good. I think we had um, I think we had a very good. Uh, uh, amount of resources and that definitely helped keep guys on, on pace to graduate on time and I mean it was everything I asked for and I think that a lot of times student athletes need to realize that everything isn't going to be done for you you need to be able to go out there and and, and be resourceful you know get out there and, and meet people and and do things outside of your comfort zone do things outside of just a sport I know your time is limited but any chance you get, man, get out there and get on campus and meet some people. And it's funny, uh, being that I'm back here working at Pitt, I, I see some people, uh, non-student athletes that, that were on our class that I bump into and they're nurses and doctors or whatever. And it's just good to see them. And I wouldn't have known them if I didn't 
take the time to go outside of my little bubble and just meet the, the general student body. So it was a good decision. Took How about that? Of that. Yeah, man. Hell to pit? Hell to pit. And so you talk, spoke earlier about your dream and desire to be a professional athlete. You achieved that dream of being an NFL athlete. So tell us about draft day. Oh, man. You might have to do a two-part series, right. man. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, you know, um, draft day was was definitely not like the draft day that I envisioned as a, as a child of, you know, walking across the stage, holding the jersey up, you know. Um, those 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 dreams and aspirations came to a halt quickly because um, because of the combine. I mean, I, I was fortunate enough to be invited to the combine, and I performed very well. Uh, actually finished first in every single category. And in my eyes, I thought, okay, this is going to happen for me. I'm going to be drafted. This is this is it. I worked hard. I was a captain at Pitt. I, I just, in my mind, I thought everything was lined up perfectly, and it was just going to happen. Um, little did I know, um, when I was at the combine, uh, on one of those days, they they take you to the doctors and, and help, and they they inspect you from head to toe. They want to make sure that this investment is is a sound investment. Your your body's strong and healthy and they found that I had a fracture on my neck wow. so once that came out and once that kind of circulated through the league I became damaged goods and no one wanted to draft me so I had to go go the hard route go as an undrafted free agent but, and so and so that we're on the same page the NFL combine is an opportunity for some of the top uh, draftable athletes to go to Indianapolis and show off their talents through various drills, and then they found out that you had that injury, and right. you didn't know anything about it. I didn't know anything about it. The first thing the uh, doctor asked me was, "Were you ever in a car accident?" And I was like, "No," because they thought the impact from the way they saw the fracture on my neck, they thought that I had hit the windshield at the top of my head. So I was like, "No, sir, I've never been in a car accident. I never had any neck pain. You know, I, that was all God. Yeah, <laughs> you know, very, very blessed, thankful. I'm just grateful that I was that I'm here walking. I mean." Yes, I was able to play nine years in the league, and and it, and it worked out. But ultimately, you know, it could have been a totally different outcome. And I'm just grateful that all these things still manifested, despite you know not happening the way I envisioned it. You know, right. and a lot of times, I think that's a life lesson that I carry with me to this day. I mean, I feel like um, a lot of times we just we want things, and a lot of times we don't realize that it's not always, it's never really in our in our power. Like we. We have you, you. You can work hard, and it might not be in your cards. You know what I mean? So it's 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 really not up to us. So not to get too deep, but right. that's just I'm, I'm a firm believer in that. And I, like I said, I use these personal experiences every day in my career, my job, my current job, working with student athletes, and um, it's it's a blast. I never I never feel like I'm going to work. Wow, that's great. And so so I'm also thinking. Do I owe you an apology? Because did I have something to do with that, that issue <laughs> your freshman year? If so, bro, I apologize, man. I had no idea it hit you that hard, man. No apology. I, I know. It felt like you were in a car accident. I made it. <laughs> I, I made it despite that hard hit. Right, man. right. So, so we're good. I, I think, yeah, let bygones be bygones. Yeah, we're good. We're good, man. <laughs> and so, who were you? Who did you have your uh, free agency opportunity with? Uh, so, so let's talk back to draft day. So, um, once... My phone didn't ring uh, during the actual draft. There's a period of time that's very short-lived now. It's, it's about a probably a 30-minute window where all the teams are going to call um, call out the guys that weren't drafted and try to get them to sign on as a free agent. So that's when my phone started buzzing because I did perform well in the combine. And, and now teams know 
I can get this guy for, for nothing because now we don't owe him any guaranteed money. Um, long story short, the Dallas Cowboys uh, gave me my first opportunity. But there's a funny story behind that because um, the first call I got was uh, from Bill Parcells. And uh, I'm still in, in my feelings and upset that uh, it didn't happen for me, you know, getting drafted or whatnot. So I was in the middle of uh, trying to figure out what I wanted to do, and I actually hung up on him. So I'm talking to my family, you know, trying did to. You just, know, did you know it was him? I did know it was him. Oh. <laughs> and, uh, and, I, and I tried to, uh, I was just, you know, trying to decide how far do I really want to be from home and this, this is going to work. I don't know what's the best situation. Talking to my agent on one phone, then talking to people on my other phone. And then um, I got another call back, and this time it's Jerry Jones. So now I was like, whoa. So, well, before you go too far, did you save the number? Oh, it was in my call log. Okay, there it is. It's in my call log. So I still talked to Bill. But uh, it was in my call log. So so now I had to, I made the, my decision was clear cut because it was like this team has their owner and their head coach calling me while other teams had like a scout and, you know, maybe maybe an assistant coach calling me. So I, I felt like the, the, the priority was greater coming from Dallas. They felt like they had more of a plan for me and they really wanted me. So I had to go make the business business decision and be a cowboy even though I'm from Pittsburgh and you know, all the Pittsburgh fans here my parents and family they're like oh man we'll root for you but we're not going to root for the <laughs> exactly. whole team so exactly. yeah, How about it, them it, cowboys? Worked, it worked out man played three, there for three years um, it was a great time and so you say it you said you, you stayed Bill's number but my question was do, do you still have Jerry's number you should have saved that number too <laughs> I, know, I know I know you know Jerry and I we lost contact but Bill shoot this is another little short story about Bill. Bill brought me to Miami. So after he uh, retired from coaching, he was hired by the Miami Dolphins to be uh, the vice president of uh, the player personnel uh, guy. And at this time, I'm in Chicago. So I played my first three in Dallas. Now I'm in Chicago for a year, playing kind of a backup role. Um, and he gives me a call like, hey man, you in shape? And he's always wants to know if I'm in shape, if I'm working out. I'm like, yeah, coach, I'm, I'm ready. He was like, well, get on the plane, come on down here. So did a workout, um, and it came down between the Dolphins and the Eagles at the time, in my free agency period. But uh, it worked out for me to go to the Dolphins, and that was one of the best decisions I made. How about that? That was probably my most success in my career. And that also speaks to the power of relationships and just doing things the right way because – when that opportunity presented itself, he reached back out to you. Definitely, and if definitely. You would have been a, a jerk, you know, in Dallas, or you know, not not having a work ethic. He wouldn't have thought twice about calling you. So. Exactly, and then that's the reason I ended up in New England because because uh, the coaching tree with Belichick being one of Parcells' protege. That makes sense. They they know yeah. they know the kind of guys that each other you know can use and and can work well with. And can learn fast and, you know, play through pain and things of that nature. So it worked out for me to, you know, bounce around and stay stay alive in the league for, for nine years. About that. Most memorable moment as an NFL athlete? Um, I would say, whew, it's a tie, man. It's a tie between my first touchdown that uh, I caught from Drew Bledsoe and then my, you know, first time stepping on that field in Super Bowl forty six against the Giants where you know how you always watch the game and you see all the lights and the, and the, and the flash from the cameras all in the audience it's, it goes crazy where was that game played? it was in Indianapolis okay mm-hmm. um, so it's, it's, it's a tie man you I, gotta pick one though I can't let you I can't let you skate 
Well, then, tied. then I'm going with the Super Bowl. Just okay. Because, you know, that's the pinnacle. I mean, we didn't get the ring, but that's what you play for. I mean, that's what I play for. That's what most competitive people play for. So a lot of, t- a lot of times, uh, you know, fans and people that don't know, they always ask about money or ask about stats and things. But I'm telling you, I know guys, I know guys that are Hall of Famers that never got a chance to play in a playoff game. And they'll tell you, to, you know, point blank to your face, they wish they had a chance to play in the big dance. You know what I mean? They'll turn in, they'll trade in all these touchdowns and all, you know, for for that for that chance because that's the true competitor in them. So, so during your time at Miami, I remember you made a trip back to Pittsburgh. We always stayed in touch after 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 school, after we graduated at Pitt. And I'll let you know I was starting this organization called Orange Arrow. And now, you know, we know Orange Arrow Players Association is really about developing uh, young student athletes to be successful outside of their, their playing arena. It's really about athletes becoming better people than they are athletes. But during this time, I believe it was probably 2012, there, we had this pilot program at the Wilkinsburg Boys and Girls Club. I asked you to come check it out. Do you remember that time? I remember it. Yes, I do. Tell us about that experience. I was, I was, uh, it was exciting because, you know, during my time, I was already in the league, you know, a couple of years, and I always love giving my time. I love, you know, visiting with, with the youth and getting in the community and being active. But that time was extra special because I had a personal connection with the person that was developing it and you. And we had a lot of talks over the, you know, over our years, and we just—I just knew what kind of man you were. I knew, I knew your vision, and I wanted to support it. And that's the brotherhood. That's that. That starts when you get to college. That's what happens when you're around guys uh, that are like-minded and been through the trenches and been through those dog days of camp, and you kind of, kind of learn about each other. And shoot, I knew that once we graduated, that we all were going to do great things and, and be impactful. And there was no way I wasn't going to be a part of it. So I was very proud and excited, and it was everything that I expected it to be. It's very professional. You can see that the, the, the kids were excited to, to be there. They were learning things. They were able to, you know, recite things that you had talked about last week, week prior. I mean, they were proud of that, and, and it's, it's just grown like a wildfire, and I'm proud of it. So I wanted to say that before any, the next question. I wanted to tell you I'm proud of you, man, and, and the, the shoe, the sky is the limit because there's so much more you're going to do. And I'm gonna have your back. All your pit brothers gonna always have your back. So just know that. And everyone here listening, if you're not a part of the, the, the Orange Arrow community, please find a way to get involved. There's so many different ways you can get involved. It may not always be about writing a check. It may just be your time. It may just be a resource. It may just be some words of encouragement. Find a way to get involved and get involved in your local community because it's very important that this that this happens because the world needs it. So I'm gonna get off my soapbox to get back to the to the program. But I, I, I had no, to say that. I no, I appreciate that. you. I really do. Uh, the first podcast episode, God's plan. I speak a little bit more details about my my life during that time period in time, and, and just really how much that really meant to me um, by you supporting. I mean, that was before Orange Earl even had a, a bank account, and et cetera, et cetera. And, and I remember you saying, you know, you wrote a check. Cause you said you believe in in what what I was trying to do, and what I was doing. So again, I thank you, bro. Of course, man. Appreciate it's the brotherhood. You. That's forever. And and 
quickly speak to the importance of why we exist of making sure athletes become better people than they are athletes the importance of developing outside of your sport I, I think I think the importance I think it's so important because so many times we can as athletes and as fans of sports we get kind of wrapped up in just that but we don't we don't take uh, a time take the time to to understand that there's life after that because we can't do this forever no this is not like a musician that could you know play the piano until they're 80 years old this is you know sports um if you're lucky enough yeah you know you maybe play at the pinnacle and play in a, in a professional level but what's what's after that you know and i feel like there's so many things that stem from that whether it's being a good man and being able to use your resources uh, wisely and, and, and just character-wise, the character piece is so important because you can be distracted. It's very easy to be distracted um, in that world if you're not careful and if you're not mindful of what's really important in life. So I feel like the development of these young athletes and helping them see that they're more than just somebody that can dribble or somebody that can throw a ball or, or run fast it's, it's, it's more than that man I'm, I retired from my career at 31 years old and I knew that I had a whole lot of life to live and I still wanted to find ways to impact people's lives and be positive so um, there's just so much it's that that's that question I can answer for hours and hours of just different examples of why we see the examples every day we see them on the news we see we just see why it's important to have have the development and and fill that void because a lot of our student athletes um, may not have that that male figure in the household, and they need to get it from somewhere. They need to get the real, they need to get the real counseling, the real support and love from someone that that really has some skin in the game because they're investing in them because they care, not because it's something they could do for them right now. You know what I mean? Because a lot of times you got the hanger oners that are that'll be down for you as long as you're. You know, selling jerseys and, and whatnot. But what happens after that? You see it every year. Because every year, they draft 300 people. And every year, 300 people are gone. So what happens to those guys? You know what I mean? So I feel like if you have some development and some skill, a certain set of skills that um, help you in life, you'll be just fine. But if you don't have them, you'll, you'll be lost. And it's, it's sad. It's sad to see guys, you know, be at such a high, like, I mean, at that pinnacle of their life, and then when it's over, they don't know where to go. They don't know what direction to turn because they haven't uh, taken the time to develop those those life skills and those different things that, that could help them in the years beyond. Got to be more than an athlete. More than that. Got to be more than that. And so as we come to a close, you said there was a junior sale story that you wanted to share about 55 yeah right? i mean it, it's, it's not a super deep story but okay. it was just so cool um it was kind of like full circle you know i picked that number when i was nine years old because i was just a super fan of him and then i was able to play against him um uh, when i was in miami he was playing for the patriots and um i actually had to block him uh pass protection there was he, he blitzed off the edge and we had a good battle and just to show the sportsman uh he was he's such a good sport um, he didn't get to the quarterback, but uh, he hit me on the helmet, you know, say good play, man, and you know, I'll, I'll see you next play. It was like, it was so cool to see somebody you look up to and then be able to actually face them. And um, and everything you've ever, I've ever heard about him was so positive, man. Like, he's just so, such a bright light in the locker room and, and good in his community. And, 
and just to you know to see what happened you know after his career that, that broke my heart because I mean I didn't know him personally but I had a connection just that one time playing against him and I was like wow like and that's what we just talked about about you know having those skills and having a support system when it, when the lights are off when you're not wearing a jersey and and I feel like it's important man I feel like it's, it's important for us to take take some time to really digest and take a deeper dive of what's important in life. Well, thanks for sharing that. No problem. And so, I want to take you back, and then we're, we're ending. But I'm going to take you back to Camp the Chicago Bears. <laughs> I know what you're about to do, man. So, on YouTube. There's a video of young Lusaka Polite doing a freestyle during camp with the Chicago Bears. Can you bless us with a little freestyle to end the podcast? All right, man. You got something? I don't know, man. Let me see what I got, man. I'm gonna let, 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 let the beat read for a minute. Okay. Okay. Hold on, hold on. You know what? I'm Run it back. Run it back. Run it back. Run it back. Straight instrumental. Straight instrumental. Let's go. All right. Ooh, man, you done set me up, bro. Let me see what I can think of. I am not an MC, guys, so don't don't hold this against me. We just having fun. I'm living life. I'm not taking myself too seriously. Have right. fun. Here we go. Yeah, it's 2018, chilling with my man. Down in my basement, showing love to my fam. Now what's next? I don't know. But I do want to know one thing. I got to go. Hey. Eight o'clock's coming. The wifey gotta get on the phone, so I'm running back up the stairs to get with my baby girl. Six months old. She's my world. I'm done, man. Hey, hey, <laughs> I'm done. It. So nice. Shaw Rob, never, never afraid of the mic. I got my man Lou to the right. We ain't here, P I double T all day. Brotherhood. It's all good. All good. All good. Lusaka, yes, polite. Sir. Appreciate you, bro. Thanks, man. All day, nah, man. man. Thanks, All right. Appreciate you.